Hey there, ever thought about what makes your heart beat a little faster? Oh, you mean like when you discover a new track that just speaks to you? Yeah, or finding a movie that you can't stop thinking about? Well, get ready to feel that excitement all over again because Amazon Prime is here to take your entertainment and shopping experience to the next level. Absolutely. Prime isn't just about getting your packages quicker. It's about diving into a world of endless possibilities, from the latest releases to exclusive content you won't find anywhere else. And don't even get me started on the music. Prime offers concert specials that will transport you right to the front room. It's like being at the hottest gigs without leaving your living room. I use Prime to tap in with some of my favorite artists' live shows from any and every genre of music. Trust me, Prime is a game changer. It's like having a personalized superstore and entertainment hub right at your fingertips. So why wait? Head over to Amazon.com forward slash Prime and start experiencing entertainment like never before. I think the saddest story in, in history for me, well, not history, but the past maybe 10 or 15 years, is Fetty Wap. Fetty yeah. Wap was making number one Hot yeah. 100 smashes, getting a couple hundred thousand dollars a show, publishing off the chain. Like he was making that bread. And when it stopped, you know, it stopped. He didn't have nothing to show for it. And you don't make tens of millions of dollars like that and right. just don't have nothing to show for it. And then you have to go to taking, you know, penitentiary chances to at least look like you still like that. Yeah. Like the people around him failed him in a real way. So you have yeah. to be aware of the people around you. Back in and back in and back again. Whoa. Hey guys, we're back with a brand new episode of Making the Boss. This go-round, I have an incredible and hilarious conversation with famed songwriter and producer Brian Michael Cox. Known for being one of the greatest musical geniuses of our time, we talk about what's missing in today's R&B music, his newly launched creative content company Illustrate New Ideas, working on Usher's much-anticipated album and the singer's upcoming Super Bowl performance, and so much more. Listen here. First off, thanks for chatting with me. I know you're super busy, and I've been a fan for years, so definitely excited to talk to you. All good. Before we jump into the nitty-gritty, what Mm -hmm. are some songs that you listened to this morning to start your day? The first song I listened to this morning is a song called Me and My Only Love. My one and only love, I'm sorry, by Grant Green. I think it was Grant Green. Yeah, I noticed a, that's a random ass song, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, is that like your go-to in the morning or does it vary depending on the day? Oh no, it varies. I mean, I listen to something different every day. Because I, I have such an expansive, like, personal library of music that I've acquired over the decades. And I, I try to listen to something every day to kind of set the tone for what, inspiration or creativity is going to be there that day. Cool. So would you say it's more therapeutic to listen to music or make music to you? Uh, it depends. I would say make music though, because if I'm, you know, if I'm able to express emote, I can, I can emote through making music, but listening to music is just as therapeutic. I really want to talk about your new company, Illustrate New Ideas. Can yes. you tell us about that? What exactly is it about? Illustrate New Ideas is a content company. Um, my objective is to do, you know, smart partnerships with, with creatives to help them get their ideas from point A to point B. 
Um, how it even came to be was that I wanted to do a proper rebrand. Um, you know, I never, you know, I never really had launched a company before. I mean, I, I've had companies because obviously you have to have holding companies for your businesses when you're making records. You got to have, you know, a publisher company and production company, things that, things that nature. Um, but I had really never properly launched a company. Um mm-hmm. And I had to come, you know, I never had a like a mission statement or none of that, you know what I mean, before with a company. So, um, you know, I'm an avid reader. So, you know, I, I read Steve Jobs, you know, uh, book. I've read the, I'm reading the Rick Rubin book now. Uh, I've read, you know, The Seven Keys to Success. So, so certain books that I read actually kind of put me in a mindset, well, yo, let me jump out here again with my, you know, with an idea with this company. And mm-hmm. I, I, you know, I look at it as a full service content company. So I, I service artists, I service producers, songwriters, all around content creators. Um, obviously, my first artist, you know, deal I've done is with um, Jack Freeman. We have a project coming on November 10th um, called Nina. We have a single out right now called Shine. So I'm in the middle of that, you know, doing videos, doing a whole bit with that. Um in, in negotiations with a, with a company for a joint venture publishing company to be able to sign writers and be able to you know, bring them on and put them on. Um, and also in, you know, talks with a, with an investor about being able to uh, support and fund uh, content creators. So it's something that I'm passionate about, something that I feel like I want to see, you know, really come into fruition. And it's coming into fruition, actually. Um, and alongside of that, you know, I have the whole, you know, I'm the curating, the curator part of what I do. That's a part of that business as a DJ and as a person who, you know, I co-own a comp- uh, 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 a party called Ladies of R&B that we partner with Usher for his after parties in Vegas. We've, you know, we've done Toronto. We've done, you know, Miami. We, you know, we, we're, we're spreading it around. And then I have another thing called Love Zone that I do as a partnership with Soho House. So all of these things are under the the guise of you know, illustrating new ideas. Love that. For someone who's not in the industry, are you saying, like, can you break it down for like a five-year-old? Are you saying it's more so like a marketing to help promote artists? Um, is no, it for new it's artists? A proper, it's a proper company to do partnerships with new artists, basically, to break okay. it down. So it's a company that will do partnerships with new artists and new creatives that are coming mm-hmm. into the game and, and need and, and need, you know, that push funding or that cosign. You know what I'm saying? Right. Yeah. Do you also mentor the young artists or the new artists? Yeah. I mean, I'm yeah, I mentor people all the time. So yeah. You're also the SVP of A and R and the executive producer at Love Renaissance. How yeah. what does that entail? How does how do you balance that plus your new company? I mean, it's it's seamless actually because you know what I do at LBRN is basically assist them in in uh, in the A and R department and with making their records, helping make their records, helping bring producers to the table helping bring songs to the table, helping them with strategy. They actually have strategy down. They're like the best at strategy. I'm mm-hmm. learning a lot about strategy from them. Um, and it's just a proper partnership. I think that, you know, I've learned a lot from them. I feel like I've been able to drop some gems on them this year and how we move forward with artists, whether it's, you know, uh, Sad Boy, which is a new artist we have, whether it's Alex Vaughn, 
whether it's North Ave Jax, who's, these are all new artists that are coming out. Ayana, who, I, you know, is an artist from the UK. Like, we have all new artists coming out, and I'm, I'm you know, I'm right in the middle of it with them. Um, we started a new Summer Walker album. We just released a new Black album a few months ago. So it's just been, you know, it's it's just the, it's the rigor, it's the rigor hustle, the rigorous hustle of, you know, releasing records and really, really being, you know, uh, uh, in tune with what's happening in the business. Mm-hmm, right. So you work with a lot of new and rising artists. What's something you look for that helps you like differentiate between someone who's the real deal versus someone who just, you know, has talent, but you don't think they can necessarily make music? It's hard to do, you know, you just have to go with your gut and go with what you feel, right? You know, there's mm-hmm. not really a science to it. You know, it's one thing you could you could be chasing numbers, right? You know, obviously that's what a lot of companies do. Um, something that's going viral, something that's at a, you know what I mean? That's doing, mm-hmm. you know, that's doing numbers. Okay, we want to chase that. Or you can do something that feels good to you and you just stand behind it and try to create strategy around it to get those numbers up, right? So mm-hmm. um, it's hard. You know what I mean? I'm going to keep yeah. it real. It's hard. You know what I mean? Coming from where I come from, the era I come from, artist development, it's hard to decipher what's real and what's not. But you just yeah. got to jump out there and whatever feels right, do what you feel and be, you know, everything's a risk. You know, it will, you know, it's either going to, you know, work or not going to work. You just can't be afraid to fail. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Do you think like in the age of social media where people could make, you know, songs so much easier, that makes it harder to differentiate? Uh, Kind of. But I think that in general, just the way that we consume music, if you look at the trajectory of the music business and technology and how music and tech have always been synonymous with one another, um, you know, you look at. Back in the day, music you was released on vinyl and cassettes and CDs and all that is tech. People never you don't view it as tech, but that's tech. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Um, as you know, then when we went into the MP3 era, people was going crazy and trying to you know we shut down Napster. We tried to sue. You know what I mean? <laughs> you know, but look at what look at us now. Like that's the only way we consume music. Music through MP3s on our phones, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, I think that in general. Music's become a little more, uh, I don't want to use the word disposable, but just short-lived because it's so accessible to make, right? And you can make yeah. it in large amounts, you know, and you can put it out whenever you want to put it out. So what's happening is, remember back in the day, an artist could go away for three years, you know, or put an album out in a two or four year, two years. You, you know, you may have an album to come out in 2003, then a new album to come out in 2007. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You had time to set up for the release. You had the first singles, second single, third single slotted. You know what I mean? <laughs> you didn't have to, you know, you you dictated, the label dictated to the radio what was going to be the hit. You know what I mean? Or dictated to the people what was going to be the hit. Like the people didn't decide. It wasn't like, oh, I'm on my playlist and I'm going to play this song 50 million times and that makes it a hit. Yeah. It was a whole other process. Well, now, you know, it doesn't work that way anymore. The way it works is people, you know, don't, you know, people have to over saturate themselves sonically. And that makes these songs live shorter. 
and it doesn't give the artist enough time to live and create. So the artists are just yeah. moving, 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 moving. So the things are becoming short-lived in that space. Take a take a look at Beyonce, right? Beyonce mm-hmm. don't have to put out an album every year, put out a song right. every month. She right. works from a very, very uh, specific space where she's allowed to live her life and then and then create under those circumstances and then put a record out. You know what I mean? And set up the record properly as if, you know what I mean? And that's why it mm-hmm. goes crazy. Everybody go crazy when she puts a record out. Same with Usher. We've been working on this Usher album for seven years. You know what I mean? Yeah. The moment now with the Super Bowl and all these different things now, it's like, okay, we're ready. We're ready. We're still writing right now. We're, we're right there. You know what I mean? So yeah. I think that artists could take a note from these events and slow down the process a bit. You know, you dictate to the consumer what, how you want to be received, um, yeah. not the other way around. Don't feel like you have to chase them because if you don't put something out, somebody's going to put something out in the space and may take your place. Right. You can't, you can't think from that perspective. You got to think it from from a perspective of, okay, you know, what I'm going to write about? What are these kids writing about? You know what I mean? Yeah. You got to live life to get to the space of making records that stand the test of time, like a SZA who can now take a break mm-hmm. for two or three years if she wanted to because she solidified herself. And she took a break. You know what I'm saying? She, she took a break. <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm saying? And came back with this album. Rihanna, we hopefully we'll get a Rihanna album at some point. You Eventually, know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, but these are all our huge stars. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Look at how they are releasing records. Right. Versus the people who are just getting money, getting to it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You kind of get you get get lost in the sauce and to the point like you don't even know if you're coming or going. You don't know what sounds good. You don't know what sounds like a hit no more. You just kind of just putting things out. Mm-hmm. Right. After a while, you gotta you know you gotta stop, take a break, and say, "All right, let me live some life and write something meaningful." You know? Yeah. Yeah, because I think that's the key. Like, I was talking to, like, a 20-year-old yesterday, and he was just talking about, like, how with social media, he feels like if something doesn't happen now for him or, like, his generation, they feel like they're not doing enough. So I feel like that definitely plays a part in, you know, the rush instead of, like, taking your time and make sure there's, you know, quality versus quantity. It's hard, though, because quantity is running the the way that people, you know, move. Quantity mm-hmm. is running the way is running the way people move because social media got us in the chokehold. Yeah. Well, as a respected boss and a songwriter, producer, all those things, what do you feel? I was gonna ask, like, what do you feel like there's what do you feel the music industry is missing? But I guess you already answered that. Patience, right? Yeah, patience and <laughs> the ability to live and find that find that thing, that that thing that's meaningful. Because we can make songs all day. But what's mm-hmm. what's meaningful? You know what I mean? What's gonna stick? What's gonna be the song that defines you? Like nobody's mm-hmm. making defining I'm gonna say nobody, excuse me. Let me let me rephrase that. There are people making defining things for you know, for their brand. It's just not it, it's a lot of noise though. Right? Yeah. It's not many people saying, yo, I want to, this is my sound. 
this is my, you know. If you went on a road trip and you didn't stop for a Big Mac or drop a crispy fry between the car seats or use your McDonald's bag as a placemat, then that wasn't a road trip. It was just a really long drive. At participating McDonald's. It's a lot of noise, a lot of the same sounding things, a lot of the same cadences, a lot of the same subject matter, a lot of the same beats, a lot of the Mm -hmm. same, you know what I mean, tones. There's certain Mm -hmm. people that have, there's a moment that they they are, they're defining themselves, you know what I mean? And those are the artists that are going to always stand out. Mm Mm-hmm. So what do you feel about the whole argument when people say that R&B is dead? I don't see some, how somebody could say a genre is dead. You know <laughs> what I mean? Uh, R&B has been a, maybe maybe it's not, maybe it's gone through ups and downs like every other genre where like, okay, these years it wasn't as popular as the other genre. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But I don't subscribe to the R&B is dead concept and as long as I'm alive and as long as you know people like Jermaine Dupri is alive as long as Usher's alive and Beyonce's alive and you know know, as long as these artists are alive and these creatives who create this music is alive you know what I mean it'll never die yeah from my perspective you know what I mean yeah yeah for sure like like you know I you know me and Jermaine just produced a record on Money Long that's the number one most added record on the radio, you know for me as long and it's super just piano and yeah you know it's a love song you know what yeah. I mean so for me I'm like as long as as long as I'm you know as long as we still around doing this I don't I don't think it'll die there there are people who look up to us as producers like Phil the Keys you know they they you know fifteen hundred or nothing and. You know, D Mile and Camper, they're producers who are still out here, who are young guys, who young in the game, who's killing it right now, that's doing incredible R&B music. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? So, Do you feel like R&B gets judged, like, on a harder scale than, like, other genres like rap and pop and all these other ones? I think so. But it's, it's justified. It I is? I think it's justified, yeah. I mean, you come off, you know, I mean, the biggest... Sell an album the past 20 years for yeah. a black artist, a black solo male artist is Confessions. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Like a male artist ain't seen 10 million copies since then. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like yeah. he's almost at 20 million copies. A male solo artist has not seen on one album in 20 plus years a, a diamond album. Like right. we were doing numbers. You know what I mean? So, yes, we should be judged harshly, I think, because we set such a wild standard. Mm-hmm. You know? And I feel like that'll keep R&B artists on their toes, too, right? Because I feel yeah. like they would have to deliver. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. yeah. I like that they got to keep looking to that album to figure out how, you know, you can't, you can't break the, you know, they're trying, they're trying to... They're trying to break the code. They're trying to they're trying to decode the album, and it's like y'all just had to be there, right? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, y'all, y'all, y'all had to be there. You know what I mean? And next year we're celebrating 25 years of confessions. Next year, you know what I mean? That's dope. And they still ain't nobody still can't get the code. Never you know will. What I mean? And I, I I love the fact that people still are, are, you know that it that it's such a you know it's such a piece of art that people go back to and have to. You know what I mean? 
And hopefully somebody has studied enough that, you know, we'll get close. Like we were trying to study Thriller. We'll never, we never could get to Thriller. You know what I mean? But we study, 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 study. And then you, you know, Confessions comes from that energy of like wanting to be, wanting to sell, you know, as many records as we can, as we could. You know, mm-hmm. hopefully somebody will, hopefully we'll get back to that space where people who actually want to sell records. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, people want to be yeah. popular. People want to be famous. Right. Not a lot of artists want to sell a lot of records. Like they use the streams to become famous. Get money. Yeah. Gets to the money. You know, you know, we get into the bag. Everybody get into the bag now. I gotta give I gotta give these these young artists their props. They get into the bag. Way, mm-hmm. way, way, way better and way more than artists, you know, before them did and producers before them. Like they get into the bag. And it's you know, it's an easier I won't say easier, but it's uh you know, it's a, it's a, it's a different path. It's a lighter path creatively. You know, mm-hmm. people are using pre-made loops. Pre, you know, what I mean, so many things. You know, what I mean, it's just a, yeah. it's just a, it's just a, it's just a different path to get there. If you just like, I'm hustling the game. You could get in and hustle <laughs> and get rich. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. So I will say that about the game now is that if you really put your mind to it, you can get wealthy really quickly. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Did you know that Confessions would be as huge as it became? Like, did you know before the album even dropped that you had that generation's thriller, basically? Or this generation's no, we just, thriller? We just knew it felt good. You know, the people that was around um, while we were creating it, we all felt good about it. You know what I'm saying? But you could never know. You know what I mean? You know, we just knew that yeah, it was a runaway hit when they made yeah, and it was a runaway hit. It was like, well, nigga, we got to run after it. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's okay, let's, let's go. You know what I mean? like, it was like, you know, we, you never know until it's until it's gone. You know what I mean? And when yeah came out and it went, it was like, okay, now we're 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 running after it, and mm-hmm. we'd already shot the video to burn. You know what I mean? So it was like, luckily we had burn in a can, we had confessions mm-hmm. in the can. So it was like, yeah, was a runaway hit. It was just gone. It just blew up so fast and we were like okay let's let's go let's go we're ready to go now so mm-hmm. um and even then it was like we were gonna do well but he sold 1.2 like 1.1 million the first week we was like what you know what i mean like going platinum in a week is is like crazy you know what i mean uh-huh. and even in that moment i don't think i even like was able to comprehend what was happening you mm-hmm. know what i mean Cause I was still going to the studio and doing regular shit where everybody else was doing a promo. You know what I mean? Yeah. They had TRL, MTV TRL. They moving around. I was just like, just watching Chilling. this shit on TV. Like, <laughs> wow. You know? And, you know, I went to the Tower Records to buy the album. And you know what I mean? Like, I was just so kind of removed from it at the time. Uh-huh. Um, I was just like, okay, I'm just back at the studio the next day. You know what I mean? And then as, you know, time went by, I mean, you see the influence get bigger and bigger and bigger. And when number one, Confessions comes out and it's number one and it's number one again and it's number one for week five, week six, you know, and now my publisher's calling me like, oh, Yo. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? My, my manager's calling me like, hey, dog, it's, <laughs> this shit is going crazy. You know what I mean? <laughs> And yeah. then I, then, you know, six months later you go to the mailbox 
you know, my mother went to the mailbox six months after the album came out. And I, you know, I, with my mother, my mother lives in Houston. And so all of my stuff was, all of my business stuff was based in Houston at the time. And I was living in, I live in Atlanta. I've been in Atlanta for a long time. My mother called me and I, I would go to Houston like twice a month, like for staff meetings and like business meetings for my mom and my aunts or whatever, because it was like a family business. Mm-hmm. And my mom went to the mailbox and called me. It's mm-hmm. like, you got to come home. <laughs> I was like, why? She was like, you have to come home today. Like, book a plane ticket, come home today. I was like, okay, cool. And we thought it was a mistake. Like, the amount of money that was on, <laughs> that was the royalty check that we thought it was a mistake. My mom was like, is this a mistake? I was like, well, I think we should deposit it. <laughs> like, I don't think we should call them and be like, yo, did y'all make a mistake? I think that we should... Yeah. I think we should just deposit this check. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you know? So it was like a thing. It was like, you know, it, 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 it was, it was just, it wasn't instant gratification. It was, it took a while and it was months, months, months and me working on other projects and making money that way and this and the third. And then, you know, my little, you know, my little three songs or four songs on the album with Jermaine. So it's co-produced and so splitting points and splitting publishing. I made so much money in that space. That's I was like, oh, okay, this is what it looked like. Okay. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I, I get it. You know? Um, so, yeah. But no, we didn't know. We just, you know, it just felt good. It felt good to all of us. And we was like, okay, this is, you know, hopefully it, it works. And it worked. Yeah. That's an amazing story because, like you said, next year is the 25th anniversary and Usher is also performing at the Super Bowl. So that's, like, perfectly aligned with everything. Yeah. 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 You know, I'm super excited about all of it. And we're dropping this new album, you know, February 11th. Ah. Mm-hmm. And the, so we're dropping an album, you know, from what I gathered. I mean, he said, hopefully I'm not, I'm pretty sure they said this already. I hope I'm not, like, spilling any news. Mm-hmm. But the album's supposed to come out February 11th, so okay. which I believe is the day of Super Bowl. So, okay. um, and you know, and it's amazing, dude. Think things things come back around. You know, Jermaine and I are heavily, uh, you know, heavily represented on this album. Mm-hmm. Um, 25 years after being heavily represented on Confessions, um, it's a uh, you know, it's an amazing um, full circle moment, you know? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Where were you when you found out that he would be performing at Super Bowl? I mean, I knew. Oh, you knew? Okay. Yeah, we knew. We just, you know, wasn't, you know, at, at liberty to tell anybody. But we, we knew. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. I mean, it was coming, like, you know, NFL was popping up at the shows in Vegas, the after parties. Mm-hmm. Like, we knew it was coming. Like, that yeah. didn't surprise me. <laughs> Because my thing's like this, who else is going to do it? Right, right. Surprise me. I'm like, who else is going to do it? It's Las Vegas. It's Usher. Like, who else? Who else better? Mm-hmm. Like, I was like, if they don't choose him, that would be, to <laughs> me, would have been a shocker. You know what I mean? It wasn't a shocker. Right. He's Usher. <laughs> who right. else is going to do it? Yeah, and you I've know? been waiting for years for him to perform at Super Bowl. Yeah, so, like, performed with Will I Am that one time, and I was like, that's not fair. Right. He needs to be, you know, he, he is a superstar. Mm-hmm. It's, yeah, no, it's, no question. You know, no question. That, that, wasn't, that didn't surprise me at all. We got news that it was going to happen. Like I said, I saw it, <laughs> we saw it brewing. 
like I said, the, you know, the people from NFL was coming to the shows. It was coming to the after parties. It was kicking it. Like, I saw it. We saw it brewing, all of us, the whole team. I was like, oh, yeah, it's going to happen. So, <laughs> and it did. No, no doubt in my mind. What do you think of the arguments about um, the fact that he should do a versus? Because I agree, but, like, I don't even know who he would go up against. Because, like, who yeah. else would even see him? <laughs> it's not Chris yeah. Brown. No shade, because Chris is great. But, like, I just don't see him being a good competitor for Usher. Like, like that's crazy. You know, I think that Usher has a lot of hit records. Like, mm-hmm. like not fly-by-night records, not records that hit and then go away. Mm-hmm. He has a lot of hit records. He has a lot of album cuts Classic. that are now yeah. hits. Now, again, records like Superstar. And, like, that, that wasn't a single. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Superstar wasn't a single. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that culturally, I don't know. I mean, I know people were trying to do the Chris Brown thing with him, which, you know, given the circumstances, you know, before whatever that thing happened, would have been a beautiful thing from a celebration perspective because, you know, you know, let's face it, Chris is great too. Um, and if they were, in, if the if the energy was right, if the energy was a beautiful energy, it it would have been great to see, and it wouldn't have been competitive in that space. It would have been more like, oh my god. This is great to see yeah. these two great guys get up there and, you know, do their thing. But from a competitive perspective, um, right now, in the landscape of what's happening, you know, if you if you look in the landscape, like, I don't know. I mean, maybe, nope. <laughs> you know, maybe you'd like to see, maybe you would want to see Usher and Beyonce together, you know? Yeah. Maybe that's the... Maybe that's the play, you know, because the, the level of performance, the level of, you know what I mean, uh, uh, yeah. influence that they both have and that she has, you know what I mean, with the hive and all that, you know what I mean? Right, right. You know, she has a lot of records, you know what I mean? She can do, she can pull out the Destiny Child records too, you know, she, <laughs> so a few things she can pull out, a few catch, she can pull out, a, you know, out the bag, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and, and, and Beyonce is, you know, in real life, you know, the, the greatest you know, out, you know, and you know, mm-hmm. it, you know, he's the greatest and she's the greatest. If if I if if, we, if it was my pick, I'd like to see Usher be a celebration of Usher and Beyonce. If it's that'll be dope. My pick, you know what I mean? That'll and break the internet. Doing it and have them do they they did the Loveness Club remix together. Mm-hmm. Like, that would be hard, I think. The bad girl, yep. Yeah. Bad, do the bad girl redo the bad girl thing when she was dancing in the bad girl video? Uh-huh. Like, yeah, that'd be hard. I think that'd be hard. <laughs> Usher Beyonce celebration would be crazy. Yeah, my I opinion. agree. I agree. My opinion. Yeah. Okay. Um, you also curated the Love Zone Day Party at Revolt Worlds. How yes. was that? I had a great time. I'm looking forward to doing it again next year. Actually. Who needs an alarm in the morning when McDonald's has sausage, egg, and cheese McGriddles and a breakfast cutoff? Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. <laughs> a great time. I thought it was fantastic. You know, all the people who performed were people who are my friends, who I've worked mm. with. Um, obviously, me and Jermaine Executive produced the Visions album, so it was great to have Daniel out there and Paul out there. Um mm. Um, Jazzy, who's been a dear friend of mine for many years, is here blossom as an artist. 
It's been great. I've worked with her. We've worked on songs together as songwriters for the longest. I'm just glad to see her do a thing. Eric Billinger has been my guy. He was a mm-hmm. young, he was in a group, you know, yeah. <laughs> 17, 18 years ago. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I, you know, I know his wife, his family, you know, I, very well. We're like really, really great friends. So to mm-hmm. see him, but I did do his thing. Um, it was fantastic. I, I, I had a great time. Um, next year, I would like to, you know, we, we curated it good this year, but I would like to have a, a better hold on rehearsal and better hold on, like, control on what's happened with the sound check. It was great. I'm not saying, mm-hmm. you know, but I, I know there were a few mishaps. I, you know, I didn't get the script until the day of, and, you know, mm-hmm. there's things I just would do a little, just a tweak a little thing better, but it was it was a top tier production. So mm-hmm. I, yeah. I had a kudos to Revolt World, kudos to that whole situation. We had a great time, and I'm looking forward to doing it again next year. Yeah, I will say your set was a highlight. Like people who went, they really yeah. they were excited to go just for that, and then they yeah. really enjoyed enjoyed it once they watched it. So yeah, highlight. Yeah, I, I had a great time. So I, I definitely, I'm definitely looking forward to doing it again. I'm already throwing around ideas and mm-hmm. you know in my mind and in my tablet. Hopefully, we get back on the phone about what Revolt World is next year. I'm already throwing mm-hmm. around some ideas, and like I, I really, really had a good time. Yeah, that'll be dope. Yeah. So, um, I guess my next question would be like, in terms of um, writing music, is it ever or has it ever been hard for you to write for someone who didn't necessarily relate to the lyrics you wrote? Like, how do you work around that? Um, that rarely happens, but I think in the past when it has happened, sometimes you have as a the producer in me kicks in, right? It's one thing to be like, okay, cool, we're, we're writing a song, and if I believe in the song, I believe that the song is the song. Mm-hmm. Well, then the producer—that's I'm a you know I'm a producer first. So I'm as a, as a producer, you have to say, trust me. Mm-hmm. I'm here in the studio with you, producing you. You it may not resonate with you yet. Yeah, but trust me. Mm-hmm. Cut the song. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Trust me, cut the song. Cut the song. <laughs> yeah. And if you don't like it, you know, hey, you got a song with your vocals on it that you may not like right now, and we could put it in the vault, and maybe five years down the line, you may like it. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? But yeah. we're here to record. Mm-hmm. And we're here to throw things at the wall and see if it sticks creatively. You know what I mean? And that's our job. Our job, especially if you have like multiple days with with artists, that's our job. Let's just keep doing ideas until, you know, you may not like the first two or three ideas. We may get the idea four, and you may we may have nailed something. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? You just got to yeah. keep trying things. That's the studio, that's the thing about the studio is chipping away, chipping away. Keep trying things, trying things, trying things. You know what I'm saying? Until yeah. you nail it. Yeah. Have you ever written a song that you didn't think was really that great, but someone else loved it and wanted to write or sing it? Uh, not recently. <laughs> I would say that there was a song. Uh, I don't, I'm not going to do that. Yeah. So, yeah, not, it hasn't happened recently, but early on, mm-hmm. early on in my career, yes, that's happened. 
Okay, so in a friendly versus of songwriters between you, Jermaine Dupree, and Jonte Austin, who's winning? That's that's impossible because we 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 work together so like we a lot of them songs were so connected to together. Yeah. Um, I mean, you got to give it to Jermaine because he's our OG. He's the guy that he started before us. He had. Many, 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 many hit records before us. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You got to give it to JD if it's if it's that. But you know, we would never like verse ourselves because we are literally too connected. Doing it to him. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> like we're literally at the three stooges. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> it's, it's, you know, we join at the hip. So yeah, yeah I, I, I'll, I mean, obviously, you get you got to give it to Jermaine because he's the he's the oh he's the originator. You know what I mean? He's the guy who put us on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I remember watching you guys' um, YouTube series in the school. Yeah, that was my <laughs> show. Like, I used to love watching that. Yeah. So, yeah, as a, I guess, like, as a music boss, especially, like, with your new business, Illustrate um, New Ideas, what's some advice that you would give to rising artists who might get frustrated on their climb? Because mm-hmm. they probably think, like, as we said, things aren't working so quickly. So what is what's some advice you would give them to, you know, ease things a bit? I think that, that the best advice I would give somebody is, you know, the time is now, right? Mm-hmm. And you can't be afraid to fail. You can't be afraid to fall on your face. You got to be fearless. And you got to work on your craft, too. If you can be fearless, mm-hmm. you, you know, but if you whack, you know, is you know. I mean, I'm gonna tell you, there are people who are fearless and whack who are successful. Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You know, hard work beats out talent every time. Okay, yeah. but if you are talented, and most people, most talented people are emotional about their craft, which mm-hmm. is why they don't work as hard because they're afraid of the rejection. Yeah, you got to throw rejection out the window. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? You got to throw that shit out the window. You got to you got to get up and today is the day that what can I do today to move myself forward? What can mm-hmm. I do today to push with whatever my agenda I'm trying to push? You know what I'm saying? And if you if you post something and you know, you only get 8 likes on it, you know what I'm saying? That's yeah. 8 more people that know you didn't didn't that didn't know you yesterday. You know what right. I'm saying? Uh, you get five plays on a song today versus, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just, you have to just, it, it's a grind, man. It's a grind. And, and you got to mm-hmm. keep moving. You got to keep pushing forward. Something's going to, if you work hard enough and you believe and you exercise every type of strategy, read up on strategy, learn some shit. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? And then apply it. Most likely, you'll get your stuff. It'll happen. Mm-hmm. Right, right. I agree. Yeah. Are there any pitfalls that they should look out for, too? Oh, man. There's so many pitfalls. <laughs> you know what I mean? You just got to just be aware of your surroundings. Be aware of the people that are around you that are that either going to encourage you or discourage you. Um be weary of the people who are not around in your struggle. And then when you, you know, become 
who you become when they do come around. Be aware of, you know what I'm saying? Be very cognizant of, you know, money. Money comes, money goes fast. So mm-hmm. be be very, very aware of the money that you make when you become successful. Understand that it may feel like this shit's going to go on and go on and go on and you're going to continue to make money forever. Mm-hmm. You spend crazy and you, you, we all hit a drought. Everybody yeah. hits a drought. Yeah. Every creative person, every artist, every, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Everybody put out something that not everybody likes. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? There's always yeah. a season where you're just not as hot as you once was. Mm-hmm. And there's a young person who's hot. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that's a lot of times that could break people because if you hadn't been smart with your money, then, you know, I think the saddest story in, in history for me, well, not history, but the past maybe 10 or 15 years is Fetty Wap. You know what I mean? Mm, because Fetty yeah. Wap was making number one Hot yeah. 100 smashes. Mm-hmm. Getting couple hundred thousand dollars a show. You know yeah. what I mean? Publishing's off the channel. Like he was making that bread. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And when it stopped, you know, it stopped. And yeah. he didn't have nothing to show for it. And you don't make tens of millions of dollars like that. And right. just don't have nothing to show for it. And then you have to go to taking, you know, penitentiary chances. Mm-hmm. To to at least look like you still like that, yeah. Like you know, he had he he the people around him failed him in a real way. So you have yeah. to be aware of the people around you. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? That you know those are. I mean, I have so many other pitfalls, but that's you know. Yeah, that's a major one for sure. Okay, so last two questions. What would you say is the number one lesson that R and B taught you? That R&B's taught me? Yeah. The number one lesson that R&B's taught me? Or music Hmm. in general. Music. Well, I mean, music is something that has been with me since as far back as I can remember. Right? Mm -hmm. So what what it taught me was consistency, uh, resilience, because I wanted it so bad. You know what I mean? Since I was a child, I wanted it so bad. I wanted to learn it. I wanted to know everything about it. That's why I know so much about music, so much about records, so much about, you know what I mean? Different aspects of music. That's why I DJ. That's why I play instruments. That's why I sing. That's why I write. That's why, you know, um, it's the only thing in my life that has been constant. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? You know, I've had, you know, girlfriends come and go. I've had, you know, <laughs> friends come and go. I've had, you know, you know, family members pass, all kinds of different things. You know what I mean? But music mm-hmm. has always been per- the thing that's been constant. And even when I was down and out and thought that the business had turned their back, turned its back on me, you just kind of go down and you just dig deep and music was there and then you dig yourself out of the hole. Music mm-hmm. has always just been there to kind of just guide me. So, yeah, I would say it taught me resilience, consistency, and just, you know, the art of perseverance. Mm-hmm. 
Mm. I love that. Okay, so my last question to you would be, what is your definition of a boss? My definition of a boss? I'm sorry, because every time I hear that, I think of Dan Dash. (laughs) (laughs) Hilarious. My definition of a boss, though, is somebody who who, uh, has taken their own, taking their destiny in their own hands, who, 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 is, who does not put their, their destiny in the hands of someone else. Somebody who says, okay, I want to do this. I'm going to go do it. And I'm going to find a way to do it. And I'm going to find a way to own it. And I'm going to find a way, you know what I mean? I'm going to find, you know what I mean? Like, it's just, yeah. you know, I haven't had a job since, like I mean, I, I mean, obviously I'm, I'm at LVRN, but I mean, yeah, I mean that job doesn't pay my, you know, mm-hmm. that job is a, it's a joy, you know, that's a partnership, yeah. that's strategic, you know what I mean? Yeah. Doesn't pay my bills. That 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 salary doesn't pay my bills, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, um, it might pay for my son's private school, you know. I mean, it's not, you know what I okay. mean? I don't, <laughs> you know what I mean? I don't look at that money and be like, oh my god, I gotta get my check this week. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I'm so far past that. I, you know, I, I haven't had a job since I was, you know, I worked at Guitar Center when I was, like, 17, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. So, so I just think that the, the idea of being a boss is literally just taking, de- taking your destiny into your own hands. Now, mm-hmm. you can't, pre- can't predict the future. We can't control our surroundings. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But... You can take your destiny in your own hands and hold tight to it. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? So yeah, you can make your own destiny. Yeah, you 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 can you can create your own thing and be mm-hmm. successful at it and make some money and and I have so many friends that do it. You know, mm-hmm. and there's nothing yeah. to be when you're surrounded by people who that that's what they do. Like you know, even like I say, look at my partners at LBRN. They created that from nothing. My Jermaine Dupri is one of my mm-hmm. best friends. He created that from nothing. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. You know, my friend Malik Till, she, she's an incredible businesswoman, made that from nothing. Felicia Butterfield, from nothing. Mm-hmm. These are people who I know personally that create, you know, that is enough to inspire you to keep creating. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Yeah. So, you know. Sounds good. This was okay. a fun chat. <laughs> You're so welcome. It's great. Connect Jack Freeman, Jack Freeman, Jack Freeman, Jack Freeman, Jack oh, yeah. Freeman, November tenth. Jack Freeman, shine is out right now. <laughs> Go stream, shine. Jack Freeman. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you for listening to this episode of Making the Boss. Trust me, there's a lot more where that came from, so be sure to keep it locked for other shows coming soon. But in the meantime, you can follow me on Twitter and IG at Aisha Thorpe. Talk soon, my bosses and bosses in the making. Everybody loves McDonald's fries. So, yes, you accused your mom of stealing some of your fries on the way home. Um, but the bag did feel a little light. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.